go ahead. No. Oh, sorry. Ah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah, that's me. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to LND Plus, where learning is a team sport. I'm Joey, and in each episode, my co-host Tom and I will bring you real stories of collaborative learning from the world's leading companies. Today, we have two guests joining us from Komodo Health: Senior Learning and Development Partner Rory Sachs and Commercial Enablement Partner Caitlin Zima. As a leading health information technology company, Komodo Health is on a mission to tackle healthcare's biggest challenges by breathing life into data. And given this focus on driving innovation with data, it's only natural that Caitlin and Rory are laser focused on using data insights to fine tune their new hire onboarding experience. In this episode, we'll hear from Caitlin and Rory on how enablement and L&D can work together to create an amazing experience for incoming reps and sustain Komodo Health's amazing pace of growth. Before we hear more on this, Rory and Caitlin, how about you introduce yourselves? So I'm Rory Sachs, a Senior Learning and Development Partner at Komodo Health. I'm Caitlin Zemer, and I'm Komodo Health's Commercial Enablement Manager. Great. So yeah, first question. So Komodo Health is out to breathe life into data and offer unique insights on the U.S. healthcare system. So Rory, what does this mission mean for you from an L&D perspective, and how exactly do you incorporate that focus uh, into your day-to-day work? Um, so, so data is really important to us in learning development. I think for many years, a lot of data has kind of been left on the table when it comes to learning development. And these days, with the help of uh, learning management systems and all sorts of other tools at our disposal, we're able to use data to not only um, influence the trainings that we're providing to our organization, but to make learning better um, and more engaging for our employees. Yeah, so it seems that um, Komodo Health is scaling a lot, including securing quite a big um, amount of new funding just last year, $220 million. Um, Caitlin, how are you supporting this growth as an enablement partner? Yeah, so with this growth, from my perspective, is this is causing us to onboard many new hires, specifically a lot of folks in the commercial organization. So it's our role to make sure that these folks have a successful onboarding, they're understanding the material, they're understanding like the value in the mission. Mm-hmm. And then it's ultimately up to us to make sure they are fully enabled. So once their six to eight week onboarding is up, they're fully prepared to be out into the field and be successful. So it's program managing their onboarding, supporting them, but then making sure that we are giving them the learning materials in a streamlined way. So they're delivered in a very learner friendly way so they can learn as much as possible in a very short amount of time with being prepared at their graduation point. Great. I guess, given this focus on building a peer driven onboarding and ramping up process for all of your new reps at Komodo, um, how exactly are the two of you working together like between L&D and enablement to, to make that happen? Yeah. So with building out a sales enablement onboarding program, Obviously, there's a lot of information. Uh, Komodo sells a variety of different products to a variety of different segments. So each one of those things are modules and those modules cross together. So where Rory and I come together is we work to keep those modules learner friendly, up to date every month. There's a different initiative or there's updates to the products. Mm. Strategies are evolving. So it's working together and with Rory's team to make sure that we're all on the same page. We're prioritizing the most important content and making sure that's rel- readily available to our sellers. You know, as a, an L&D professional, um, we do our best to align ourselves with the goals of the organization in the ways in which learning and development 
knows how to do that. And so while we may not necessarily entirely be responsible for uh, actually selling a product, we're working with Caitlin to ensure that any new hire that comes on board can sell the product in the right way, um, Mm. as well as ramp them up quickly enough to get them out there doing what they were brought on to do and what they want to do. So that helps to kind of influence our training and development modules to be digestible uh, within a certain time frame, but also transfer knowledge and make sure we're assessing learners appropriately so that, again, they can kind of move forward to that next step uh, in the quickest way possible and be as effective as possible. And um, how have you found the experience of driving new hire and boarding as recent hires yourself, both of you, um, being relatively new to the company? That's a really great question. So, I, yeah, Caitlin and I have been at Komodo for about 10 months. Caitlin started mm. a couple of weeks before Two I did. Two weeks before Rory, weeks. so I have the seniority <laughs> here now. That's right. Yeah, Kate, Caitlin uh, has the upper hand with me. But what I could say is um, we've completely revamped onboarding in the last 10 months mm-hmm. to kind of harness the power of our learning management system as well as, you know, the power of peer learning um, and peer engagement, as you guys kind of mentioned, we have, uh, especially on the commercial side of the organization, a very large engaged group that in truth really does love to help. And our, our data shows this new oncomers. Mm -hmm. So they use the forum, they kind of interact with new hires to answer maybe any questions that they have as they go through the commercial onboarding process, Mm. um, tips and tricks. It's very, very different than how it was when, when Caitlin and I both started. Is it very, very, is it very, very much improved? Yes. Since you both. It's amazing. Yeah. When I joined, I believe that the sales onboarding was maybe based on who your manager was. Maybe it was apprenticeship style where Uh, you kind of just learned on the fly, figured it out. Um, When I joined, it was putting together, you know, like collated learning resources. Unfortunately, because we didn't have an LMS system, this was in a Google sheet. So we started with nothing to something. And then when Rory joined, one of his first initiatives was finding a learning management system. So I was able to listen into some of those calls, wait in my opinion. So it's really been a partnership of picking the best tool to organize the system, but then it's also working together to fill it with content. When um, I came to Komodo, there was a list of 12 LMSs that we looked at and L- and 360 Learning was mm-hmm. very much at the top of that list. Yeah, We're seeing efficiency gains because as you know, clicking around in the Google Sheets, you know, you're going to lose track of your progress. And within Edison, I... We haven't done the metrics yet to determine if we've decreased onboarding, but anecdotally, I'm seeing people are finishing earlier. So there's definitely efficient gains using a system that guides you through your onboarding instead of the apprenticeship model or Google Sheets or things of that nature. Yeah. That's such a familiar experience, isn't it? Like coming in and, and facing like the Google Sheet of doom before you <laughs> you know really get, get your hands around this thing. You know, you both mentioned the, the key role of, I guess, um, peer contributions and peer learning and, and improving and, and sort of reshaping the onboarding experience. Um, so it sounds like you had a really willing and energetic and very capable group within Komodo Health to, to jump in and help out in that respect. Definitely. I think people started to hear that Edison was rolling out and 
everyone was really excited to like have their team get content in there to be able to be able to be an author in this system. So folks were excited about that. So I definitely think that Komodo has an energy and excitement around learning. And I'm really excited for the L&D team to be able to get more authors into the system to build great content. So I think folks are definitely super excited and mm -hmm. new modules come into the system every week. And so for me personally, like Edison is a great like lunchtime application because while you're eating, you can go in, find modules to watch, and it, you know, fills up that dead time. So there's definitely excitement in the community around it here. And Roy, from, from your perspective as well, I mean, how has that, um, having that resource there, the sort of the, the peer um, network, how has that helped you from, from the L&D side of things? It's been terrific. You know, um, L&D, I think so often is such a either underutilized department or understaffed department. And the peer mm -hmm. aspect, especially around new hires, has helped us tremendously in partnership with 360 Learning, our learning management system, mm -hmm. um, that people, we are able to, to communicate to new hires the importance of our learning management system, which Caitlin alluded to, we call Edison. Mm -hmm. It comes through with our onboarding people who, who just start. They are incredibly engaged in not only the onboarding courses that we provide them, but in kind of, again, that peer aspect of helping each other, communicating with each other. Uh, we create, you know, small little cohorts for every kind of uh, new hire group that starts and they communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of give back a little bit to the, the pro, you know, mm -hmm. the group that starts next. And it's so great that, that you didn't have to convince people to get involved because a lot of times when we talk to other L&Ds, it's like, oh, um, subject matter expert sounds great. We want to get peer learning in, but nobody's responding. Nobody wants to help create content. And we have to really make the case or convince people to participate. Um, and it sounds like it's not the case for you guys. It's not the case for us. I think myself and Caitlin, we are enthusiastic about the training that we yeah. deliver um mm -hmm. and i think that comes through a lot in the trainings that we provide yeah. to our employees um i think also you know one thing that i made sure was a priority for learning development when i first started 10 months ago as the first lnd hire mm -hmm. was we have a mission it's very clear it's kind of in all of our presentations when new hires start, what the vision for learning and development is. And I think as soon as we communicate that out to new hires, especially, it does show how important this is to us, how important it is to the organization, how seriously we take it. And I think it's a bit of a refreshment to new hires that this is taken seriously here at Komodo they're committing to this. And so I now myself should yeah. also commit to this. Yeah, and something to add there that we leverage in our sales onboarding is a lot of our subject matter experts not only support in like the creation of the content in Edison, but they're also there to answer questions along the way inside Edison. So we, we love the forum within our learning management system. We use it to get folks to introduce each other in the cohort but we also use it as like an audit trail of like every possible question that's ever been asked. So if you're a new hire, you went through a module, you can see in the form all of the prior questions that were asked and what the answers were. But then you yourself as a new hire, if you have additional questions, you can ask them, they'll get answered by your SMEs. And it's this continuous, um, like I said, uh, like audit trail of all the questions. So I really like that aspect of learning because it 
you know, encourages that culture of asking questions and getting answers. And it's definitely less scary when you've seen like all of your peers ask questions that you may mm-hmm. yourself have. Yeah, no, I think that that's such a key point because it's not just about responding to that moment of need when it occurs, but it gives you this sort of trail that, you know, you don't really have to ask so many questions over and over again. It's sort of there and ready to go. Yeah. It's kind of a nice segue to talk about hybrid learning, um, asynchronous work, remote also, like in the past year, well, in the past two years now, uh, we've gone remote, we've gone back in person and it's just like a whole logistics, like headache for, for everyone to figure out like what's the best like delivery model that works for for different like people across the world across time zones um and i wonder like basically how this kind of switch uh to hybrid learning um or being like fully digital has affected the enablement team um or the lnd team actually both um in helping create flexibility around training learning helping reps like on board no matter where they are Yeah, I think Rory and I have an interesting answer to this question since where we joined uh, in 2021, like the pandemic was still going on. So we don't know what onboarding looked like before we joined. I'm not sure if everyone went to one office and they all got onboarded live. And I think this is a product of Komodo rapidly growing during the pandemic. And so Mm -hmm. we have folks that are across the US and the world. And so this is definitely a great structure that supports this because I don't think we're probably ever going to get to the point where we're all in one office all the time having onboarding. So we need yeah. to accommodate for the change in Komodo's team structure and getting everyone up to speed and onboarded in a di- like a digital way. Yeah. Uh, you know, from an L&D perspective, at least I would say probably for the last five to six years out of out of my career, I have always been a proponent of blended learning first. Um mm-hmm. You know, I kind of approach learning as, well, how would I want to do this? And if I'm sitting there thinking, well, I wouldn't want to sit through an hour or two hours worth of online training, or I wouldn't even want to sit through an hour's worth of in-person training, well, then Uh nobody's going to want to do that, right? So we approach learning from a blended first approach, and we kind of look at all the training that comes our way. And we work with Caitlin and her team to say, you know, well, what can we do that is asynchronous? And sometimes we'll have conversations that say, yes, this can be done asynchronously, but should it be done that way? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we kind of have these conversations around the training that we want to administer. Uh, we look at how we want to assess the training and then kind of come to a conclusion as a team in, a, in our partnership and say, this can be done asynchronously. But when we look to assess how this, how knowledge is going to be transferred here, asynchronous may not be the right way to do it. And so we'll do this live. And I think it, when it comes to assessing some of our training programs, what we call live trainings are actually uh, instructor-led over Zoom. But mm-hmm. For sales onboarding, I think it's extremely important to have uh, several live training sessions, especially with your cross-functional peers. At Komodo, we have a ton of teams that support our sellers, and it's really important that they form those connections live. And so, yes, there's opportunities where we can train folks uh, through our learning management system, but the goal of those trainings isn't just like learning the materials in the process. 
I think there's also another goal of building those connections because you are going to have to work with that person. You want to build that first line connection. So when you do have a project, you can be like, Hey, you know, so-and-so I need your help. And you've already had that training session and that opportunity to connection build to make that partnership be successful. Yeah. And, and I mean, never is that more important than when you're scaling at, at the rate that, that you are at Komodo Health, right? I mean, um, yeah, I mean, the experience that Joey and I have both had at 360 in the last little while, I mean, we have, you know, four times the, the colleagues that we had, certainly when I started. Um, so one thing that really stands out about the collaboration story at Komodo is the level of peer engagement you're offering to new hires. And, you know, you've mentioned, I guess, the, the role that that plays um, with the discussion forum, with, with those kinds of question and answer trails that you have. So why do you think it's so important to build in this really high degree of social engagement in the new hire uh, experience? I mean, I think Caitlin made a really great point prior is, you know, onboarding isn't just learning what the company does, the products, and what your role is within the organization. There's a, a massive component and part of onboarding is engaging with other members of the organization and how you are, as an individual, going to work kind of mm. with those people. Um, and so... Yeah that is a huge aspect as to kind of why we look to focus on collaboration within new hires. To give an example, when I look at a learning management system or when I look at any technology, I don't look at it as um, a substitute. It's a bionic arm, right? Like I can't lift Mm. the car, but if I had a bionic arm, yeah, maybe I could. It's just, yeah. It's something that helps us do awesome things. And so when we look mm-hmm. and when we were looking at a learning management system and bringing one on, that's how we approached it. What can help us do the best, coolest stuff to help engage our new hires and even our current employees as they grow within the organization? Ultimately, at the end of our onboarding for our sellers, we want them to be able to pitch the products to us. So we have ways of assessing their knowledge there and what they learned over the last six weeks. But uh, a cool thing that we leverage is we have folks record themselves giving a pitch and we allow like their peer guides and maybe their sales managers take a look. Um, So it's an interesting way to get used to hearing yourself talk through the pitch, understanding the products, but then having your peers give you some pointers like, you know, hey, maybe don't say that or you need to expand on this point or be more clear. So that's another way we've leveraged the the software that we use for learning management. And with the program, what's interesting is we have folks who come in in different roles and, but they hear about certain programs that they might want to enroll themselves in. So uh, it's not necessarily required for their job, but they caught wind of a a new program that released. So we do have a handful of folks that will self-enroll in content for their own um, like personal development that it isn't required. But I think the modules have been getting like talked about and so people get excited and does it ever get to the point where you have to kind of rein people's enthusiasm in and say okay no focus on xyz or is it not really come to that yeah what i've noticed with um the learning modules for sellers is folks don't want to do the modules related to like maybe let's say the more boring stuff so no one wants to take training on what systems they need no one wants to take the time to like download the required things and get them set up on their computer people really want to jump into the product level training and the data level training. So it's a matter of reminding folks like, Hey, like circle back. It's really important that you have this tool. Uh, You can't sell without it. So it's more so like 
people just want to get into the meat and the exciting stuff. And it's reminding them about the other modules that they need to complete prior to doing that. Part of that is probably our problem on L&D also. So our methodology around learning and development is self-directed learning. And so if there's a course within Edison, we allow pretty much anybody to take it. You know, we don't ever want to mm. tell somebody, no, you can't learn that. If you want to learn it, like, mm. go ahead and do it. And so to Caitlin's point, mm -hmm. so much of our content is so engaging. It's peer, um, there's peer interaction. There are like all sorts of different courses that you can do. And there's forums and all sorts of stuff that when you start telling them, okay, well, now you have to do compliance training. Also, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a, like an internal struggle for them a, a little bit, um, but they get there and they do it. When you're looking at the way, I guess, at Komodo, you're using, uh, you know, subject matter experts across different learning needs. How is it that you're kind of maybe auditing is not, not quite the right word, but ensuring the, the right level of, uh, of detail and the right sort of quality across those contributions? We have standards, like we set standards and guidelines around content and engagement. So if you want to create a course within Edison, there are mm -hmm. guidelines that you have to follow. If you want to mm -hmm. interact with the forum, uh, there are guidelines we ask people to follow as well. You know, it can be very easy oh. for people to use forums as a way to kind of communicate either something is missing or, you know, a word is spelled incorrectly or there's a comma missing. You know, it'd be remiss if I didn't say that those things didn't happen. I'm sure anybody in L&D mm. tells you that they do. Um, but, you know, we do our best to answer it within the forum and then kind of relay back out, hey, you know, this is for engagement. It's for questions. Um, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's for a particular purpose. And I think when we communicate mm. that out, you know, people do kind of start to see, ah, I am being held to a standard and I want to meet those standards yeah. so that I am asked to continue to engage and work with the L&D team kind of going forward. Great. And, and yeah, Caitlin, does, does that um, experience sort of manifest differently on, on the enablement side or what, what's your, been your experience so far with, I guess, coaching that, that level of peer contribution when it comes to enablement learning content? Yeah, I think that with getting the SMEs like aligned to supporting like the L&D and the enable initiatives, it definitely needs to come from the top. Um, luckily, we have a leader that's very keen on making sure that we have like the best material for our seller. So for us, it hasn't been too much of a struggle to keep the subject matter experts interested. Um, we have market segment strategists who uh, provide a lot of the content along with like product managers. And so I think that with what they're working on, like our learning management system is a great conduit to distribute the work that they create on the side of strategy. So overall, it's been a good experience so far getting everyone together. I think everyone's unified and excited. Um, Komodo is such a great company to work for. Our targets are really high and our mission is, you know, is what excites people. Like we're reducing the global burden of disease. And so I think that with that mindset, everyone's excited to help out and making sure that we're educated on what we're doing, why it matters, because ultimately we're helping patients. And so I think that that excitement and that willingness to help is just there because of that. So I was just wondering how often, like basically the logistics of the collaboration that you two have, how often do you check in with each other? What does that look like in practice? Um, who is in charge of what maybe like the scope of, of each of your, your work? 
Yeah, as it relates to our collaboration, it's daily. Um, Rory and I probably Slack daily. I Slack members of his team. My team is Slacking members of his team. So we're all very interconnected. And I would say most mm. of our collaboration is done on Slack just because it's quick question and answers and just clarifying points. Um, I meet with a member of Rory's team once a week to go over uh, new onboarding content and different initiatives there. Uh, the Tuesday after a new onboarding cohort joins, we meet to make sure that folks are put into different groups. Because we have different segments across our sales organization, each segment has different content. So we just want to make sure that everyone's mm -hmm. mapped and enrolled in the, in the proper courses. Um, but yeah, our collaboration is daily. You know, what I can say from a learning development standpoint is, um, you know, if we're going to align ourselves with any team, enablement and, and sales and the commercial side of the organization for any L&D person out there is one of the, the most strategic and best partnerships you can make, right? Like we align ourselves to the goals of the organization. And so frequently, L&D is in charge of talent development and manager training, and which is great and it's important and it's a huge initiative for us at Komodo. But working with Caitlin and her team so effectively, um, so efficiently, and the kind of feedback that we get from our partnership, from her new hires, helps to provide L&D visibility that we may not have had otherwise. And so our working relationship is, it's terrific. You know, I think it's not anything that I've had in a prior organization. Sales enablement has kind of always been particularly siloed. And when Caitlin and I mm. kind of joined at the same time, we met and we, you know, said like this, this could kind of work for both of us in many different ways. And it has, and it's, yeah. it's been a tremendous partnership. Because like sales enablement um, and a lot of companies, they're like trying to scramble and get training out. And then the L&D is trying to get training out, but then they're not like maybe solving the business most like pressing uh, challenges and impact which is generating revenue. Um, so sales has that piece. And, and the two are not talking to each other and it's really missing a lot of opportunities to to increase and maximize sure. impact. And, and, and Caitlin, I guess jumping to the next question. So what would be your advice for other enablement leaders who might be looking to collaborate with L&D in the same way that you and Rory have? Definitely. I would encourage other enablement leaders to not be scared of a collaboration with L&D. I think salespeople are generally very competitive and they're very protective mm -hmm. of their content. And you could easily silo yourselves off from L&D and have your own systems and your own processes. But like working together like, with a partnership um, is definitely something that folks that should that they should consider and not be afraid of because mm. with enablement we are supporting the sales team on like really strategic strategic initiatives. Sometimes projects come up out of the blue that we need to get something out delivered immediately. And so from the enablement standpoint, we're very pressed on like getting things out as soon as possible in the best possible way. But then it's also taking that step back, working with your L&D partners and determining how this fits into the grand scheme of onboarding and making sure that it's yeah. most optimized to support new hires coming in. So I feel like together mm. we can work really quickly, get projects out, but then also have that ability to step back and make sure that this fits in, that it's learner friendly and it's, it's supporting those new hires that are coming in without that particular context. Absolutely. And, and the L&D has that bigger picture of like what other types of training and onboarding one single employee is going through throughout their whole journey. Um, and so they're able to to give that context to make sure that the learner experience is taken into account and not 
overwhelm too much or too little. It's um, very interesting. Yeah, so Rory and Caitlin, what's one thing you'd really like listeners to take away from this discussion? Uh, for me, from an L&D perspective, I would say don't shy away from a partnership with enablement and with sales. So frequently, a lot of organizations, they're siloed. They think it's not learning or it's different learning. Um, but from an L&D perspective, we want to help our sales team sell. Like, why wouldn't we want that? We want the company to grow. We want to be involved in helping that happen. And, you know, as L&D professionals, we have a very particular skill set that can help the enablement function create really amazing, engaging training, right? I would say if you're on the L&D team, one thing to take away is, again, partner with enablement. It's a partnership. It's mutually beneficial if your sales enablement team and your sales team at large is selling more and selling quicker and is onboarding faster. That's a huge, massive win for learning and development that you normally wouldn't get elsewhere. And I think from the enablement side of things, like L&D and enablement together are stronger than they are separately. And so with enablement, we're all about like revenue, getting people up to speed as fast as possible. But it's having the partnership with L&D allows you to take that step back, analyze what you're doing and make those improvements because ultimately we want this content to be learner friendly. It needs to be digestible. You have to understand this. Otherwise you can't go out and sell. So I think the partnership like is a must. Thanks so much to Caitlin and Rory for joining us. If you're looking for more great stories of collaborative learning in action, be sure to subscribe to L&D Plus wherever you get your podcasts and check out our show notes for more L&D resources from 360 Learning. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.